welcome to the podcast uh, for Cody Top Total. <laughs> Cody Top Total. <laughs> yep, that's, that's that's the podcast. No, it's I'm Cody, and this is Tabletop Totality. Welcome aboard, Bone Ponies. Uh, what do we have? Who do we have here with me today? We have Steven. Ooh, Steven. Ah, Neil is also here. And uh, Frank's visiting. He's from out of town. Yeah, he's out of town visiting. Cool. So, um, we are thinking about discussing Warlocks. Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Yes. Nice. Uh, What a... Does anybody here have experience with Warlock? I've played a Warlock. I've played a Warlock. I've only been in parties where people are playing Warlocks. Uh, I watched a Warlock play once. Nice. Maybe Mm. twice. Maybe three times. No, it was one time. Oh, okay. I I DM'd a a Warlock. Mm. Mm. Nice, 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 nice. So, like, Cody, what was, uh, what was like, the big driving factor for you to want to play uh, a warlock? Wait, before we even do that, shouldn't we oh. explain what a warlock is for those who don't know? I, I guess. You know, you, you are a sound of reason here, Frank, and, Thank you. and I'll give you that one. Educate the masses. So a warlock is a class, um, and what they do is they find a patron, and that's where they get all their magical powers from. And then they use that magical power to cast spells and to use invocations and things of that nature. Um, their connection to their patron is where all their power is. Did I yeah. about sum that up correctly? Or? Pretty much, yeah. Patron is just like a very powerful magical creature, uh, like like some sort of like archfey or like elder god or something like that. Some kind of thing that isn't isn't quite a god, but is more powerful than your standard uh, your standard being. So what if it was? Player. What if it was like a god that lost power? Could that be a patron? Yeah, that could. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that would just depend on, I think, really just your DM discretion. You know, so a powerful monster like let's say like an abolith could be one or a dragon. Um, yeah, uh, a kraken could could have uh, could be a patron. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay, so it's it's It's, not limited to certain right. Yeah, like a totally uh, a really ancient dragon could be a a patron. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. All right, so yeah, uh, Neil, your question for Cody, what was that again? Yeah, just kind of you know, out of all the classes, what what made you want to play that warlock? What was the what was the driving factor there? Um, so I'm working my way through the classes in fifth edition. I haven't played all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I <clears throat> I have favorites from my years of playing Dungeons and Dragons, as like, we all do. Like my 3.0 or my 3.5 bard. Who I just—he mm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Swiss Army knife of classes. Yeah. Um, but you know, for for fifth edition, you know, the warlock was kind of appealing to me, probably because of more or less my interests in like science fiction and fantasy. Um, I'm very big into uh, Robert E. Howard, um, mm. who did the. You know, Conan and the Barbarian, um, yeah. HP Lovecraft, Ooh, things like gotta, that. Gotta get my Lovecraft in. Yeah, so okay. I kind of, I kind of enjoy the the idea of this, you know, this like otherworldly connection, um, giving power to somebody. And the Warlock is, the Warlock is a caster class, but it's not, it's not as defined, I would say, magically by. You know, like not like a sorcerer, like a wizard, like you're like just full casters. Mm-hmm. Um, Warlock has a limited number of spells that they know. Um, they have a limited number of spell slots, um, but they get lots of cool little add-on abilities that really um, I thought would provide a lot of flavor. So when I was asked to play in a campaign, um, a, a preset, it was a pre-made setting for uh, Waterdeep. It was the Dragon Heist campaign. Um, I wanted to play um, some sort of like a, a gumshoe, like a detective. Um, so I worked for the city watch and I was 
in the city watch for Waterdeep, but I was dealing with this um, newly found powers because we started at level one. Um, so I was dealing with newly found powers um, granted to me by a patron that I didn't really understand what their wants or desires were. And that was kind of was cool. You know, I, I thought it was a cool dynamic. Um, but yeah, I think just maybe the idea of that relationship in role playing like that kind of plot line was appealing to me just because of what I'm a fan of um, in literature and, and things like that, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, that I feel like that's that speaks a lot about how you play your characters. You know what I mean? You're you're more of that RP type person. I feel like. That oh, was, yeah. That was it, like a huge point that the warlock allows. In a yeah. Way. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I feel like any of like the different subclasses for warlock, I think you can get a completely different feel. Um, and and then depending on like what the, your, your patron is. So um you know in, in the game they have uh like you could have like an arch fey you could have an other god like an outer like an outsider god um which would be more like your cthulhu your yogshagoth things like that yeah um and then you could have uh, a fiendish pact um you know with either something from the abyss or the hells or whatever um they also included the the hex blade um warlock which i thought was I think was very cool. Um, it kind of allowed you to be more of a martial character. I wouldn't say you'd be more of like a frontliner, but you could trade some damage. Um, your packed weapon would continue to get powerful. Um, you'd be able to summon a, um, you know, a weapon tied to your patron um, from like a pocket dimension. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah which is pretty cool. cool. And that's that's what I played um, for my my character was a, a hex blade. Um, because I, I kind of thought, um, I, you know, I enjoy combat in D and D, um, but I wasn't looking to, um, I guess I wasn't looking to like maximize his stats or anything. I just kind of liked the story, um, that I came up with for the character. Yeah. You know, I, I was trying to do like, um, a plot line where there's going to be like a lot of temptation. So like he was an officer of the law um he was also formerly a criminal um but he was trying to like he always kind of walked that that line um so like he would like help a bad he'd help out in like a bad situation but he would also like you know steal gold from somebody or take a bribe yeah. or something like that so like, he wasn't exactly clean um but then when he started getting his power he started getting tempted to do more things and and go against his nature and I kind of wanted, I wanted to role play that. Yeah. That's, you know? that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It definitely made, cause you know, I was playing in that same, um, water deep campaign with you and it made the RP even between characters very interesting. Cause like I was playing the, that roguish character and, yep. uh, at first I was like, Oh, you know, city watch, but then like, Oh, he's also like for himself so it, it was a weird understanding like between between our characters and that um for like what what's good and what's a little bit too far past the line you know yeah I mean? and, and so so for this character you know I, I picked um i picked an asimar um and it was um the fallen asimar uh so that he had like the necrotic wings and all that um, and the story was, you know, he was basically left for adoption in, you know, the city of Waterdeep, which is a huge city. Um, he was adopted by a, a watchman, uh, a city watchman. Um, he got into some trouble when he was like 17, ended up doing some time, ended up doing a little service um, in the, um, you know, the city soldiers, like, you know, defending the city. Um, and then kind of went into the, the watch, um, but never really knew like his origin and things like that. And I, that was kind of going to be something that was going to play into the patron. Yeah. Which uh, makes sense. You get that, you have that background for where your patron ties in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, that, so, and that's, I think a big factor for that warlock is, you know, yeah, you can kind of pick any patron, but like, 
don't pick it so crazy that it doesn't tie in with you i would i would suggest at least yeah, yeah. for rp you definitely need something that you can work with uh you know that's been one of my hesitations when it came to playing a warlock is there is a big i mean there, there's a big commitment because you you are saying hey i i want this thing to have a say not necessarily in what i do but have a say in the rp that i play yeah, yeah. and then yeah. that changes the way that you do things so that's always been like a, oh i don't know if i want to give that up just yet yeah well and it could it could really be too a, a burden or a boon to your party as well like if you're in a situation where you're traveling with a group and you have been and then you know you take on this you know you take on a class of warlock and you you start dealing with this patron this otherworldly being um you know that that creature that entity you know might not have the same goals as your as your teammates you know yeah. And you might be forced to to do things that would, you know, that maybe normally you would never do. And, and that's kind of that was kind of the route I was going to go. Um, the the only thing that I could really suggest for the warlock, um, just from my personal experience as far as role playing goes, um, my dungeon master was um, he he was newly running it was like his first time like running a game he was running a pre-made um he never dealt with a warlock before he had asked me for some um assistance uh in coming up with like the patron so i did and um you know i kind of had like a little bit of some growing pains with the class because you do have a lot of options um especially when you get into like the the invocations um so you can really kind of build a um you know you, you can build different combinations of warlocks and get a lot of different effects um so I, I had a little problem with that but i ended up writing an idea concept for the patron and i wrote like a little bit of the mythology and i sent it to the dungeon master and, and he used it but it just kind of got to a point for myself where it's like i had kind of like i don't know like i was like writing my own story you know, and not so much writing my own story through my role play, but at, like actually writing my story. Yeah. Um, and so that that was kind of disparaging just to, um, it, you know, I was kind of like, well, like I already had it all figured out. Like there was no there was there wasn't like a mystery. Yeah. And yeah. and so that that was one thing that I would suggest, like, you definitely have to work closely with your dungeon master if you're going to get into a warlock class. I think probably even more so than the cleric or the paladin classes. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I say that is because unlike in older editions of Dungeons and Dragons, like in fifth edition, like you really don't get your powers ripped away from you um, every five seconds. Uh, if you're a warlock, that's not the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you disobey, you just shut your power off. Yeah. You know? yeah which makes it which makes it difficult you know for as as you were saying frank you lose that ability to kind of as as a player decide oh i don't want to do that um and i think it's a fine line that your your dm you know has to has to walk um yeah. because they can force you to do something really bad but like if your player doesn't really want to do that now you're just making it a bad time for your player and nobody's gonna enjoy it yeah and, and, and and nobody wins, you know, if somebody's not happy at the table. So. Oh yeah, exactly. And I, I think one of the things that you can, um, you know, like an example of that of what of what you guys are just talking about is probably you could look at um, what's happening in the second season here of, of Critical Role um, with the the warlock character Ford. Um, not who, affiliated with Tabletop Total. Right. <laughs> who, who made? Uh, yeah, we're just fans. We're just fans. Um, who made a, a pact um, and then decided to opt out of that pact um, and had a period of time where there was no power, ended up multi-classing into a paladin class, um, was, was, given, was given back their power um, in addition to some paladin abilities. Yeah. Um, so that was like a pretty a cool workaround um, where the character still had a decision um, and the character made the decision to not serve this entity any further yeah 
um, and then had like a period of trial before finding a new yeah. source of power. And, and I think indeed, that's a that's a cool aspect that you know that's why the dm and the player need to work together on yeah. on figuring especially for a warlock class as you said you know it, it has that old vibe hey you didn't do what i said so why am i giving you power um yeah it's important it's important to be talking about that stuff with your dm and it's also important to sort of know why like what it is that you're doing with the warlock um because when i played as a warlock i've only done it once in fifth edition um, it, he was a, uh, a warlock that was very reluctant to use his power um, mm -hmm. because it came from this sort of evil entity, and it was a pact that he didn't really form by choice. It was one that he was sort of born into. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that, uh, there were things that he had done that he couldn't remember. Like, he lost, like, he, like, almost a decade of his life and didn't know what he had done during that time because of the things that the, the patron had made him do. Gotcha. Uh, and because of that, he never used magic. He never used his powers because he was afraid that if he used them, then that patron would come calling again and basically make him lose more time and make him do things that he didn't understand or know what he had done. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a another aspect of the warlock is like if you're if you if your character is in that kind of a relationship with their patron, like. How do you work around that? And I didn't really get far enough in there to, you know, multi-class into something else or figure out a way around it or anything like that. So mm -hmm. he was just kind of this guy that just kind of hung around and just was all martial, but because he's a warlock, like they don't really have that much martial capability. They're all about like the spell casting and stuff. And so he didn't use spells. I think he may have used one spell the entire time that I played as him. It was once or twice. I remember that, yeah because he was so reluctant because of the patron but again going back to what cody was saying before like the patron that i came that that he and i came up with we worked on it together um and that patron is uh still still a problem in in current campaigns so uh it was, yep. it was interesting, <laughs> interesting coming up with that because i kind of came up with this idea of like it was this it was this being that you know wanted to be released from some kind of prison and if it appeared it would destroy the world and that sort of stuff and he didn't want that to happen um and all the all this stuff like that and cody and i worked on that a lot and like cody said like he kept a lot of the mystery i didn't even know i didn't even know the patron's name the entire time that we were playing and only now that i'm I'm hearing about and involved with a campaign that is a <laughs> extension of that former campaign. Do I know who that who that being is and just how powerful they are? And man, I shouldn't have been messing with that. <laughs> really, glad, really, glad, really glad I didn't mess with that because wow, wow, that thing is strong and scary, and I don't want to deal with it at all. Now, now, so. I would like to actually talk about how, especially with like your play style, Steve. You very much you dig deep into the campaign. You're like, all right, you know, what's an aspect of the campaign that's not being utilized yet? You know, you ask your DM, they tell you, especially you and Cody currently, and he tells you about a thing, and then all of a sudden you're nose deep in it. And especially with this like this specific case of a patron, like you were dealing with that like on a turn-to-turn -turn basis where in other campaigns a warlock and a dm may not have so much you know that that patron may not be trying to guide all the decisions so much because yeah. of a different play style but definitely with your play style and the way that you were running that camp you were running that character in that campaign you definitely wanted that you know mm -hmm. am i correct in that assumption uh, what, what are you saying that i wanted uh, like you you wanted to have that kind of interaction with the the patient. That is, yeah, the the character I wanted the character I wanted the character to not want anything to do with the patron because when he found out what that patron was, he was terrified and didn't want anything yeah. to do with it. And speaking from experience, like like I didn't really that was again that was the first maybe the second time I've ever played a warlock. I can't remember. I think the one time I played fourth edition years and years ago, I think I made a warlock. Yes. And was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. It was, on, it was on a much less lesser scale because we had no idea what we were doing because this 
Warlock first came out, and we just, I was just like, oh, cool, a spellcaster. I'll do a, I'll do a spellcaster. Frank can be a big brute, and we'll just go in and mess with people. And it was, it was fun. Um, but that was a good night. But now, now it's sort of more in depth, and like the idea of what patrons are is more clear. And because of that, they're more involved with the story. And so when playing when playing a warlock that doesn't want anything to do with their patron, it stops being as fun because you don't really you're kind of hiding your ability and you're not really utilizing your full potential at all because you're not doing anything related to the class. But that's just because of me being more likely about the role play than about the, the numbers and being like this character would not want to uh use their potential because their potential could cause a lot of damage down the road and because of that it kind of made it a little bit less fun to play that character just because they didn't really utilize a lot of their abilities and that kind of made made it suffer a little bit but it was yeah so you know that's it's uh like even just hearing you talk about that character brings up a really cool point about the patrons like everybody always thinks about like a warlock's patron as something that's like a little bit more like evil in nature i feel or something that's just greedy just, for power i was just thinking that, that they don't always have to be nefarious you know no. like you, yeah. you have you have this whole aspect of of things that you can choose from to be a patron if you're talking to your dm so like and and in a way you know is it is it beneficial to to that patron if they constantly make it um seem like they're big bad and evil to have somebody who has this boon you know what i mean not using its power so so it also it's it's a lot of give and take not just from the patron giving and taking power but also from the the player giving the patron its power because without that warlock that that patron doesn't have another champion you know what i mean yeah that's that's a that's a really good point to make like on the dynamic like when it comes to like the the nature of a deity or the patron and and the the follower because like like neil was saying before it doesn't always have to be like a big bad evil guy is your is your patron you know for your campaign you have to realize that you are given power by this being and this being if it was there has to be a reason why yeah because if this being had the power to just annihilate you and that's what it wanted to do why wouldn't it just do that but instead this 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 entity is giving you magical boons so the relationship in itself is more dynamic like yes you're you would be subservient i guess to this more powerful presence but obviously they need you or they see something in you because why else would they part with any of their power exactly yeah yeah and and i think that's a that's also a really cool aspect as a as a dm you can delve delve into it or even as a player you know what i mean like if if you end up becoming a strong warlock you know is that is that power because of you um becoming more powerful is it because your patrons becoming more powerful or is it a little bit of both you know what i mean and then do you get a deal like get a leg to stand on in a way you know what i mean so Um, i for my interesting for my patron for that campaign i came up with this patron she was like um she's an elder god goddess um her name was callus and she was a um she was a deity of like the night sky the stars um so wizards and astronomers and things worshipped her um but she also had a um there was kind of like a a, a weaving type thing going on um where i thought of like the strands of fate you know and like time um so what i said was that she would take like the spirits of dead and she would weave them into the stars like into the night sky okay and that was like her thing so she's like i wrote that so that she was like very ancient um so she was no longer a subject of being worshipped she's no longer you know a deity at this point she's 
you know, in my mind, she's she's fallen down into being a patron, where she's more like a demigod or yeah. or something like that. Um, and she took interest in my character simply because my character had some sort of celestial lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wrote Callus to be like in her true form, to be like this great big like space spider that basically looks for champions creates these warlock champions and raises them up to a point of like being demigods themselves and then she consumes them so that she can continue to live oh, okay that's pretty cool. so, yeah so i i wrote that whole so that's kind of where i said like the mystery wasn't really there for me because i was like eventually my character is gonna have um gonna have problems yeah you know yeah um so it was a cool idea, but it was more like, I guess it probably would have been cooler for me to have been the DM and to run that. Run that player. auto war <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Which anyway. uh, that lore will be up on our website. Uh, Cody's gonna get that prepped for us, so you can use it in your own campaign. Exactly. Uh, I guess I have more work to do. <laughs> the work never ends. No. Uh, so, you know, I've never played one, and I've always been a little hesitant, as we've talked about in the past, uh, just because of you know, I feel just the, the play style that I tend to do is very f- free, and I just kind of like go with it and my characters kind of tell me what's going on where in this case it's a bit different from my play style like i i mean i'm sure you guys would agree uh but i'm looking at some of the stuff that they can do just the invocations in general and you know i never really took the time oh i'm always like oh yeah yeah eldritch blast but like right here let's see um eyes of the rune keeper (laughs) you read all writing yeah yeah you just yep just know it there's a couple of people in this there's a couple of people in this chat that uh would really benefit from <laughs> you can it's decide. a real hindrance when you if you find a language and it's definitely important that you read it first mm-hmm. yeah. and you just can't yeah, yeah. you can yeah, cast- I, I don't know what sort of dm makes like their own like languages and ciphers and things, but that's just yeah wild and i mean th- there's ways around it obviously you know there's yeah. some kind of a magical thing preventing you from reading it you need to go further because obviously sometimes you do you know you do want mystery in there so oh yeah well yeah. I, I did the, i actually did the same thing in, in my in the campaign i'm currently running um because a wizard would be able to cast like comprehend language or whatever but I decided that this language was completely alien and foreign to this world, so it wouldn't match any sort of written language. So there's no real any way to comprehend it. Yeah, there's there's no cipher for anybody to go off of to try to translate it. So that was my workaround for that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another one. Armor of Shadows. You cast mage armor on yourself at will without expending a spell slot or material components. Like, okay, done. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the kind of you know that's the kind of way out the whole like you only have like two or three spell slots as a warlock, yeah. um, which a lot of people get afraid of. But you can you get two or three spell slots as a warlock. You can regain them at a short rest. Yeah, I think that's one of the really cool things because a lot of a lot of stuff in five e is long rest, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you're. And your warlocks are not that way. They're very much, I'm going to use everything here. All right, let me just like take an hour cat nap and I'll be right back and give you the same exact stuff. This this one's actually my favorite that I've read so far. You cast speak with animals at will without expending a spell slot. That is beast speech. Dude. You just be hanging out talking to your you know your pig or whatever like yeah i know that guy's crazy and people are like what the fuck? what's going on why is he talking to a pig you know the, the warlock too like it also reminds me of like has anybody here seen uh the like the 90s version of dracula with gary oldman and yeah. anthony hopkins you know it, oh, yeah. it's fantastic movie uh probably one of my favorite probably like my favorite vampire movie of all time but there's kind of like in that whole dracula thing there's the character of i think it's renfew who becomes kind of like a servant to dracula mm-hmm. 
um and renfrew gets like he does get like certain abilities that sets him apart from a normal human um but he also suffers for it um but when he's in this transformation like when he's like kind of like being like the warlock for the dracula for the the vampire um he's like eating yeah he's uh he's eating bugs and he's like doing all these like things that you know are like he never would have done in in his normal life you know yeah so you can you know you can add that element into your into your role play too where like my warlock had like every time like you'd be writing something like spiders would come out of the pages or um call for real or just he would see spiders come out of the page he would see spiders all oh, right that would be pretty awesome either way <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean a lot of them are like they're like as much as the warlock technically has spells it's 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 almost like it's not a spell caster you know what i mean in in the sense you're not going to be able to shoot a fireball down there you know what i mean or magic but they they're different you know what i mean and they and in the explanation of them um it allows for just a lot of awesome explanations of the spell itself being cast you know what i mean you get a lot of flavor um that way and you know it's we should point out too is that you know the big thing that separates the warlock from some of these other casters is that you know like a wizard or a sorcerer they want to pay attention to the level of spells that they're casting especially a sorcerer because you're sitting there trying to expend spell points yeah recoup them yeah right um the warlock basically everything you cast is always cast at its highest level yeah um that that you're capable of um that the character is capable of um so that's like i kind of like your description of how you said before neil is that the warlock's like hey you know for this battle i'm gonna go all out yeah i got i got two slots and they're both fifth level spells so i'm gonna do something cool with those and then I'm probably going to cast Eldritch Blast or use my weapon or whatever, um, you know, try to survive with my cantrips. But then in an hour, I'm good to go again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so let's actually go over that. So spell slot wise, up to 10th level, they have two. And then mm-hmm. after that, you go into three. And then once you hit 17, you get four. Um, but a nice adage to all that is Mystic Arcanum and that there's sixth seventh eighth and ninth and you get to pick one of the spells on that list for that spell level and you can cast that once a day or per long rest yeah and that's cool too because it does give you a little bit more versatility and you know for certain people like just being able to do cantrips is more than enough yeah and this other stuff is just icing you know? Yeah, and and I know even for myself, like I I picked a hex blade, and I really maybe it was my inexperience because it was only my first time playing a warlock, but a hex blade would be a little bit more of a martial uh, caster. Yeah. Um, but I I was strongly considering like ditching my ability score increase and going for a feat like magic initiate or something to try to yeah. get a couple more spells yeah. Or, yeah. or you know gain a few more cantrips and i also had a big toss-up with the um whether you picked like the the book of shadows i think it is that gives you extra spells or the tome of shadows i think it is that gives you extra spells or like for your evocations mm-hmm. um because i think i ended up picking something that allowed me to like get like a plus one to my attack or something instead or but yeah, yeah I, I remember like trying to like every time I leveled up, I was trying to you know get the best out of the build. Oh yeah, I remember talking to you all the time when you were low. like every as soon as we hit a level up, there was like oh, I could go this way, this way, or this way, or yep. this way, this <laughs> way. <laughs> I was yeah. like, man, that's you got a lot of choices. Yeah, and that's and I think that maybe that's that's you know that's kind of the double edged sword for the warlock is that you can build it in a lot of cool different ways, but then there's also a lot of like you could pick something thinking it sounds cool and then you never use it uh, yeah. you know and that's like one of your main things that now you've kind of wasted 
Yeah. Yeah, the feat to ritual cast is cool too because then that kind of falls into the warlock where it's like, well, we can't just do this. Like we need to get some things ready. It's going to take us time. We I could do it. I could do a bunch of these things, but you know, we need to prepare and I feel definitely for the role play side, especially if you wanted to do like a somewhat more of a limited magic style campaign. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, so then you, you know, okay, I can do a few things and yeah, I can Eldritch Blast you till, you know, till the cows come home. But the reality is to do some of that good, good magic, you either have to have a ritual or you have to be a little bit higher of a level and your connection has to be stronger and you're going to be doing a lot of RP, whether it be with you and your patron or just you and the world, you know, spouting the gospel yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it it definitely like and it'd be really cool in a campaign setting where you're like oh there is no spellcasters but like you have warlocks and stuff like that that here you know they they're worshiping something that's giving them just enough power <laughs> or or the spell yeah, and I, think, I think that would be cool that would be cool in a first setting for like your call of cthulhu or your conan where it's like yeah. there are not a huge amount of casters but those who are casters are getting their power from you know probably less than reputable patrons yeah, yeah. that's kind of what i was yeah, thinking no describing a, a world with not a, lot, not a lot of magic my thoughts instantly went to you know lovecraft and 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 conan where it's like these people have these magical powers but they are coming from these dark elder gods that are asking a lot of these people yeah there. there's a lot of costs for the, the yeah. price is pretty heavy you know yeah. you might yeah. have your one or two merlin type figures that you know like oh that's an actual wizard or that's a sorcerer but Everybody else is pulling it from somewhere else, and yeah, they're coming for you. Or maybe, you. or maybe you know, you even had this like this background where there was like these seven wizards. You know what I mean? They got this ultimate power and pretty much just rose to godhood, but killed all other wizards yeah. and their their research on it. So and now you have the to, patron. Yeah, and then, <laughs> now you're like the only way they're like bestowing to warlocks, yeah. and, and there, like, there's just a to war keep, and yeah. yeah. The warlocks have to fight through the war to kill the the other wizard or sorcerer. So this way theirs is the only one left. Yeah, exactly. Kind of cool. Yeah, that'll be a fun little. It'll be interesting. Uh, And I do like some of the things where it's just like uh, back to those invocations. um, You know, Whisper of the Grave. You can cast Speak with Dead at will without expending a spell slot. Like you just have some innate ability. Like, oh, oh, I'm. just gonna talk to the skeleton over here what's up bro yeah that that was something that my that was something that my character uh picked because my character um his department for the city watch was homicide um so i kind of thought like that's total flavor right there to be able to talk to the you know the victim in your case Mm -hmm. um and ask it you know important questions so i was trying to build up like where my character was going to become like a pretty a pretty awesome inspector um, but people would obviously start suspecting uh, foul play or yeah. you know, how, how did you get that much information? Yeah, you must have killed it. Right, right. Like, <laughs> there would be like some supernatural element to, to my character and, you know, there'd be suspicions raised and um, which I, I kind of thought that would just add to the whole, the whole idea. So, I mean, honestly, uh, I would like to play one of these one day. no one wants to play with you so (laughs) anybody at home that wants to roll some dice you let me know it's it's gonna be a uh (laughs) like the warlock i think is it's definitely one of those classes that you have to be in the right mood with and it's like how the cleric and the paladin were in 3.5 you know what i mean like you had to kind of follow what what your character was you know what i mean if you know if they were good they had to do good things otherwise they lost their spells and i think that's like the throwback to it is this warlock and how they do it yeah the warlock is definitely supposed to be a throwback to that kind of stuff and the monk too which never made sense but yeah (laughs) always be lawful or else you lose all your abilities yeah why okay uh but yeah it's definitely supposed to harken back to 3.5's idea of how gods 
you know, dealt with their followers and now uh, the gods are so powerful that they don't need to worry about the alignments of their of their followers or what their followers do or so they can just do whatever. The warlocks have these lesser powered beings that are way more focused on, you know, what are you doing with my power and how am I going to have you repay me for yeah exactly yeah and I, and I think i think that relation that dynamic needs to be highlighted a little bit you know because i in my opinion anyway like in my campaigns that i'm running i imagine that a deity you know would probably have you know could have potentially millions of followers um of worshipers you know is that deity able to split its time amongst all of those followers equally no and and i think that's why you get like clerics and paladins and stuff like that but they're a select few of the total mass of worshipers um i feel like for a patron i feel like a patron has such limited powers that the patron might only have one or two warlocks um that they're basically relying on you to be their connection or their utensil in 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 this world you know um certainly if you're playing something like a arch fey or uh you know like the 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 warlock suggests you know that you're you're dealing with some sort of outside force um to your world um so you getting power from this entity from this other place like you're that you're that tether um to this world um but yeah I, i i agree with what you're saying steve that there's I, that, I think the patron would be much more involved in your day to day, you know. Yeah, I almost feel sure. like it's reverse of the cleric in some ways, where it's usually you're praying to the god as a cleric, where in this case it's like, knock knock, hey, what's up, bud? You know, yeah, yeah. what do you have yeah. going it's... on today? Oh, you're doing that? Hey, uh, you know, go over I there need you and to do grab this, this magic thing and do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need you to go and steal this thing, or I'm gonna shut your powers off. Yeah, the relationship between a cleric and or between a warlock and and their patron is very much more give and take than than any other because uh, the other ones is like oh just pray to me and it's like okay that's, that's good enough. Now, <laughs> I I would firmly suggest to anybody that's DMing it is don't always just go to well I'm going to turn your powers off if you don't do it because then that that becomes you arresting the character. Yeah, that's that is true. I mean, within it's, reason, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's the it's the fable line of, you know, oh, I don't want to do that and you say that to your patron, you go, "All right, well, you'll pay for it at some point." Definitely punish punish your warlock if they're not doing what the patron wants them to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean you take the powers away. Yeah, you're like, five wow. seconds. Well, you don't have powers now. Well, <laughs> one of the things that I would suggest doing really is I would I'd sit there and I'd throw another warlock at him. Yeah, and or, I'd be like, you yeah. are no longer my favorite, and you need to prove, um, you know, you need to prove yourself. Yeah, whatever two of you warlocks win this battle or is now my champion and if you win the battle then you've won my favor back right you know what i mean yeah. right. or curse them like oh you have boils today that's yeah, yeah. Last week even, yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i was gonna even say like yeah like if you if it's like okay well i don't need to take your magic away but that's not the only thing i can take from you we made this yeah. deep contract this deep pact I can take your eyesight away until you do this for me, or I can take right. away like the ability to use your left arm until you. Right, and 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 I think I think obviously I think people will probably you know there's probably people that are listening to this that are like oh shit like the dungeon master could really really like Frank was saying you know arrest or corral a character um, because you could effectively you know turn off all the things that make the character different from the other classes and the warlock i don't think is i think the warlock without its magic is not a good enough fighter to match up to any of the other martial classes no. you know? i can tell you from experience no they are not <laughs> yeah. um so even you know even the hex blades but they get bonuses from their patron i, I don't know maybe if, if you have a dungeon master that frequently railroads the crap out of your party and doesn't really you know doesn't really collaborate with you i could see this being maybe a class you'd like to avoid 
as yeah, much as, um, as, much as possible. Yeah, and, and I think that that's you know we're our perspective is we we've all played together for a long time now, and you'll we've hear us talk every style. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you know you'll hear us talk about you know we we made a ton of mistakes on things, and and we we played things that didn't last or didn't work, or we tried to make our own versions of games. We I mean we've done a lot, but. I think like now where we are now, like, you know, what we always try to focus on, on role play that is engaging and, and fun. Um, so a lot of times we go more for the story than the, you know, than the, all the mechanics of it. Um, so I would say for my suggestion is if you're going to play a warlock, that you need to have a pretty good collaborative relationship. Um, not only with your, with your teammates, but with also with your DM. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you bring up a really good point there is, you know, your teammates, you know, as much as you don't want a meta game, like there has to be an understanding like, Hey, there's, you know, my character <laughs> is going to have things that it has to do that it's not going to like, it's not personal, you know, <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. let's say like, all right, every, you know, every so often, as the dm i'm gonna ask you to do something as your patron uh the rest of the time i might you know bicker in your your ear as the patron but i'm not going to demand like oh go kill that mayor with the 15 guards all by yourself because yeah i'm a jerk no more of like all right you know just you see a a wizard or somebody use this magical item all right you need to get that and you need to destroy it yeah, yep. because that my enemy made that or something like that, you know. Yeah, and it could it could even it could even be that the patron isn't really involved with uh, with with what you do for how you uh, act like them. Uh, to go back to Critical Role again, uh, the character Jester, uh, who is a cleric of the Traveler, was originally supposed to be a warlock of the Traveler, and the way that that Laura Bailey plays that character is. I feel very much like how a warlock would act, where she just does little, plays little pranks and does little little goofy stuff all the time. That is sort of like in line with what she believes that her patron would want if she had been a warlock. And the the uh, the traveler doesn't ask her to do those things; she just does them because they fall in line with like the sort of things that like she like defaces religious uh, religious artifacts and 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 books and things. Uh, just as a just as a goof, because she thinks that it's what the traveler would want her it's to do. Chaos. That feels, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that feels very much warlocky to me. Um, oh, it's not 100%. really something asked of her. It's just something that she does, just because that that is something that she feels is like paying tribute to the to her patron, which is kind of part of what the what the idea of what the warlocks uh what you're supposed to be doing is you're supposed to be paying tribute to this thing yeah. uh in a much more meaningful way than just praying to it you're supposed to be showing it absolute devotion through your actions and if you're not doing that then that's when the dm should step in or if the or if the patron has very specific ways for you to pay tribute to it like you have to commit a sacrifice or something and it has a very specific thing or target that it wants you to sacrifice that's when the that's when the patron should really become very involved in explaining to you what you need to do but like if you're playing a warlock that is you know that understands your patron more or less or believes that they understand them and, and what they're about then then the the warlock could just potentially just be doing things in the world that are sort of that tribute without really needing to be told what to do yeah so. i feel to bounce off what you just said like especially if somebody isn't that strong of a role player kind of doing it warlock light which is like the cleric style or if you just don't want to be like you just don't want to have to do all of that stuff and trudge through the mud like that's a really great way that you just laid it out steve to actually dm and play it like all right once a month you have to do a thing you can sacrifice it or once in a while i might just ask you hey you don't have to sacrifice this thing that's really hard to get this month if you do this little job for me otherwise you need to sacrifice the thing well it's it's the whole idea of you know why why did the patron pick this person they're clearly got to have some in line you know thought <laughs> to be like hey this person's going to be a good champion you know what i mean yeah or... and sometimes sometimes i think it's funny or not funny but well i get enjoyment out of it i guess but, <laughs> um 
something that I would do would, you know, I would treat maybe the patron relationship uh, with the warlock maybe a little bit like, you know, mafia terms, mm. um, where it'd be like, hey, I really bailed you out back there. Um, you owe me. You know, yeah. you owe me at some point. And I'm kind of doing that um, with with Brugnarsh in, in our game. Yeah. Um, where his you know, a, a deity of sorts uh, intervened on his behalf and, and saved his character's life um, and basically said, you are going to be called upon at some point, And if you do, if you don't answer the call and do what I need you to do, then I'm going to take that life back. Um, so that's something that you could kind of do with the warlock, you know, that I would do it would be like, you basically have gotten in debt with this thing. Yeah. yeah. That would be a cool you know? way too. Like, um, Let's just say, like, for a while in game, you just give him a, an extra level, and it's a warlock. Like, yeah. you, you just have yeah. it for now. You can yeah. get your way out of it, or you can end up keeping it. But for X amount of time, you have this thing. You have to. Yeah. So, like, one of the things I did is like it, instead of like giving him like just like a full like level in warlock. So one of the things I did was like he got like extra damage for his weapon. He got like a boost to his intelligence. He got like the key mind feet so that he could like he's a little bit smarter, you know, um, which falls in line to the aspects of this of this deity of this entity um, who's more about strategy. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, those are things that obviously if he fell out of favor, he would no longer have. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like Warlock. Yeah. Like Warlock light where it's I didn't give you a level, but I'm giving you sort of some well, warlock traits yeah it's it's how you would have done it if you know you didn't have a warlock class you know what i mean if there if there wasn't that class you'd just be gifted a boon and then you know right. if you did well here's here's a magical item now that gives you this this aspect you know what i mean like it's right, right. where the warlocks just hey i'm gonna give you all this stuff and we're gonna we're gonna really create my name you know it's the difference of helping doing a quest for a deity or patron or whatever one time or living your life solely for yeah. that deity yeah or patron. and that's kind of you know you were talking about how like the relationships can kind of be pretty heavy-handed you know where mm. the patron can kind of just be like you serve me now or there's trouble um you know, in the case for like the warlock that I was playing with that patron with Callus, you know, her boons were going to be seemingly unending yeah. um, to the point where, you know, I even had it written where she was kind of like um, she was kind of like almost like seduce the um, the character or her victim to the point where, you know, she she would make them believe that they, you know, they had her complete favor. Yeah. Um, and she would just elevate them to such a status, like to such a, a point of like near divinity. And then she would drain all that power from them to further her own existence. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, a, you know, like the enjoy the good times while they're good. Because <laughs> when, when the patron finally rears its head, you know, it's time to pay up. So that's that's kind of what I meant about that whole debt thing, you know, where yeah. you fall into debt with the patron. Yeah, I yep. feel too many people might go the opposite where it's like, oh, well, every week you got to do it. It's like, come on, like, cut me a break here. I'm trying to play the game. Like, yeah. You know, once in a blue moon, when you ask me to do that big favor, like, you got to leave me alone for a while now. Yeah. yeah and, and so like one of the things, too, is that, you know, I hate to keep bringing this up but like just the way it was played in the game that i played it was you know if, if my patron was trying to tell me something you know i might see like a like uh, a little trail of like little tiny baby spiders like leading to a certain book on a shelf or something and i didn't have to go and investigate that i could have made the decision to ignore it but that was at least like you know that was at least a little bit of having like the patron's hand like in the role play where it was like hey you know you might want to look into this it could be you know yeah well, who's yeah. to say it's it's the patron coming in whispering in your ear saying hey you need to do that or it could be just hey you see a glint of a you know interesting looking spider web in that corner mm -hmm. 
Right. And that's it. And that was your perception check or your investigation check, you know, and that's not the patron saying, Hey, go over there and do this. It's, you know, yeah. Yeah. a little thing. And the other, the, the, one of the last things I'd like to bring up for myself, uh, as far as a patron's concerned, um, you know, the warlock kind of implies that your patron is somewhat otherworldly. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not of your world. So really you can get creative with, with how, you know, like things can get lost in translation. Yeah. And, and part of like, like a suggestion I would have would be like, you know, let's say your character, uh, you know, the character is a uh, hexblade warlock with a uh, long sword. That's like their, their family heirloom is this long sword. Well, that weapon soon becomes their packed weapon, you know, and it gets, it gets a boost and everything. Um, maybe the patron could point the player or the character into a direction of like a more powerful sword, like a more powerful relic or whatever. So the character can learn about this sword and say, Oh, sh-, you know, I, I want to go get that sword. So they go after it and they get this sword. Well, that falls in line with what the patron wants, but maybe didn't necessarily communicate. Yeah. So you could make it. So it's like, yeah like you get the cool sword and you think that's what this was all about but really it was you killed the monster that was protecting something that's keeping me sealed away or whatever yeah you know you don't have to you don't have to make every intention known you know that's that's part of the whole thing with like the the lovecraftian cthulhu stuff was that like these entities are supposed to be so out of our own comprehension that the we the mere mention of them can start to mess with your mind and yeah. with your insanity or you know with your sanity um so you really don't have to really you don't have to translate everything you have to spell everything out for for the player and that can add a little bit more of the um the mystery but also kind of lighten up on the whole like you have to do this for me yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know you can kind of entice them into the the situation but not reveal all the pieces on the board yeah and that that would be my strategy as a as a dungeon master that's how i would do it yeah yeah and it doesn't even necessarily mean like oh now i'm free after a thousand years i'm free it could just be like oh yeah that was an enemy like yeah yeah when i was when i was growing up he you know i fought it and it dealt damage to me or this that we had to yeah, give me a little scar yeah and <laughs> i never went back to fight it but you're in that area I'm sorry, yeah. Steve, I cut you out. What? I was going to say, like, yeah, it's killed three of my warlocks before. I hate it. There could also just be situations where, you know, maybe there isn't a clear objective um, where something is just like the, the warlocks just being tested. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's no dire consequence at the moment. You know, like you can build a lot of suspense by simply having the patron not interact with the warlock yeah like point them in a direction the warlock goes through the whole scenario like whatever it is like a miniature temple or a dungeon that you've created the warlock gets to the end and does the thing whatever it is and then there's no contact from the patron for like a week <laughs> or a month yeah like yeah th- that player would you be still like, have your powers but you're oh, just like yeah. what's going on but wouldn't that player be freaking i would be freaking out oh yeah i yeah you know so that's there's a lot of fun you can have with the warlock but i think maybe it's not for for everyone and i think certainly you need to care a little bit more about role play and less about you know combat uh you know i don't think you're ever going to be a frontliner as a warlock but you could you could certainly serve as the party leader the party face you can kind of pass off as like a hedge wizard (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know like you, you do have you do have utility um but maybe maybe not you know all the all the pluses right. another cool thing to potentially do would be like especially if you're working with time or just like the long-term plan like oh yeah my my plan is in three thousand years i'm going to rule this dimension like you're just a piece of it so what i need you to do is and you don't even know like it's just like you meet this guy and you're talking to him and then the you eventually you meet somebody else and the patron's like hey i want you to go back three towns get bob 
bring Bob to Diane. Introduce them. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. Bob's just a farmer. So yep. Diane. But yep, but Bob's it. like twenty seventh grandchild will be some important figure or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or the mixture of their lines or whatever potentially could lead to one of six, one of six, you know, outcomes and yeah. Well, I mean, one, cool. of, one of the things that was kind of cool, like with with Steve's warlock, is that he had this backstory. Cody, I can't really hear you. Get closer to your mic, but oh, sorry. Um, so one of the things was uh, like what Steve had with his warlock was that his family kind of had this like infernal pact where. The, the tiefling offspring from this family were basically being used as vessels and sacrifices for for this cult. Yeah. Um, so you could even do something similar like that, where it's like, you know, the complexity of your patrons like, oh, yeah, well, in 26 years, you just made an Asimar for me to then sacrifice in 26 years. You don't realize it now, but you introducing these people did that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the power, bud. We keep yeah, going. thanks. Yeah. yeah. That would be an interesting way of doing like a patron relationship where it's just like you go around, you do your thing, you you play your thing. Once in a while it's like, hey, I need you to introduce those two people. I need you to bring this yeah. to that guy. And it's just weird stuff like, okay, yeah. you want me to bring this book of, you know, dungeons, like of dungeon creatures to to, you know, Steve and what's he gonna do with it? Eh, just do it. Right, whatever yeah and then hey. eventually you start seeing the, the thing these seeds get planted where it's just like all right like or, or you don't or you, you don't like, <laughs> the seeds are there but you're like i don't i this this seems like a plan but i do not understand where this is going i cannot understand. <laughs> it's like yeah well give it give it a thousand years and then yeah. you'll see what's going on it's more than your mortal life can understand <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh, 4,000 years ago I did all these things and that actually led to this guy and now yeah. you can in take this guy and bring him here and then he can plant his farm here and then in 4,000 years <laughs> his family will be there and then we're good to go like, yep. yeah. that's why you make a up. king baby <laughs> that, was <laughs> <laughs> that was a winner line right there yeah. that's how you make a king baby <laughs> Yeah, that's how you're like a king, baby. <laughs> um, so one of the things too is that, um, you know, I, I already kind of described the relationship that my my warlock had with the patron, and one of the things I was thinking about having be a a consequence of this was going to be was going to be that my character, if they paid enough attention, would realize that all of these relics and things that they were going after coincided with heroes or things like throughout time yeah. that they were that was basically the victims of of the patron these oh. are all the former warlocks that had risen up to these like you know near impossible levels of power and then had their power snuffed out um oh. so it would be up for my character to maybe follow that loose thread and maybe come up to that conclusion um, and the, the, the thing that would be working against my character would be the temptation of all this power, um, yeah. where they wouldn't, wouldn't really be thinking about the consequences of what they were doing or where they were getting this power from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just delved into a lot of different aspects. This world. Yeah, we did. <laughs> this, this is more of a patron episode than it is a, warlock but that's, episode. that's kind of what it is though. Like that's. Yeah that's the class it, it, yeah it involves a lot of that wow well so. i guess we should wrap this one up huh yeah probably we probably rambled for enough yeah about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> a little under an hour i think all right all right guys well uh, that was actually a really good talk and now i want to roll up a warlock mm -hmm. so yeah no cool. it's it'll be a time yeah any final thoughts you know not today, Warlock. But <laughs> today. Yeah. But someday. But it was today. It was today, though. Because we, yeah. we did today it today. Today is the only day. So today, Fuck. Warlock, but today. only today. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you. All right, everybody out there in podcast land, you know the deal. We'll see you next time.
Adios. Hopefully when you're listening to this in 5,000 years, it will cause some kind of very good thing for all of us. That's how you make a king, baby. <laughs> Greetings, mortals. Oh, wow, that really, wow, that, that peaks it really bad, huh? Greetings, mortals. It is I, Rathgar of the Wicked, here to steal all your souls for the great snake god, Vruchette. But before you are sacrificed to his malevolent hunger, go and check out TabletopTotality.com, where you can find all sorts of creatures, items, articles, and more, along with links to our YouTube, social media, and our Patreon, where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. That's less than my friends and I spend on sacrificial pig's blood for our rituals. Daniel, where are you? Mom, I'm recording! Leave me alone! It's time for dinner. I made your favorite smashed peas. Oh, oh boy. Um, uh, go check out tabletoptotality.com.